What's up? How you guys doing tonight? Sweet. At least seven of you are doing good. Anybody else doing good tonight? Yes? Well, uh, whether you're doing good, whether you're doing bad, whether you're having a hard time with something going on right now, you need to know something that, that uh, he's worthy of our praise. He is good. God is good. And, uh, and he is good. Listen, he is good because he pursues us. And he chases us, and listen, he knew you before he ever created the foundations of this world, the Bible tells us, and yet he still chose to create you, he still chose to love you, he still chose to give his son for you, Jesus, and uh, man, that is just so amazing, he loves you so much, he desires a relationship with you, and listen, tonight, I want to do something a little different tonight, and uh, we're kind of switching up, tonight's going to be a little more stripped down, you know, we're not doing anything, like we don't have anything crazy or something going on or whatever, but uh, you know, I mean, we're about to have a little fun, y'all ready to have a little fun? Y'all get a little loose in here a little bit, alright? Well, uh, listen, we did, uh, we had some little time of worship there, and, and, uh, and, and that's going to set the table for what we're going to do. Last week, if you were here, we did a Q&A session where we, had, we split the guys and the girls. It was the last week of our, our uh, dating and sex series called Just Dating. And the girls in here, y'all talked about a bunch of chick stuff. And uh, the dudes, we talked about a bunch of dude stuff. And, uh, and, and so as I was going back through, as I was going back through um, some of the questions that were, that were submitted via text, I just realized, hey man, there are a lot of questions. That were, many of them had little to do with with sex or dating or any of that kind of stuff. And I was like, you know what, it would be fun maybe just tonight to tackle a couple of those questions and answer some of the questions that did not get answered last week. So are y'all down with that? Yeah. All right. And so this is how this, this, is how this format is going to run. I'm going to answer some of these questions. I may then ask, is there any questions about that question that I just answered? And so you can give me some feedback if you want to, and we'll go from there. And uh, if we get through all of them, which we won't have time for, but if we do, then we'll, we'll field questions from you guys as well. If there are any questions, we're, we're off the dating and sex thing, although I may touch on a couple of little things. And, uh, but here's the deal, all right? So maybe your first night with us, and you don't know what this is about or whatever, and, um, and, and listen, I, I'm just, I assure you, I'm just going to say it up front right now. I believe the Bible's truth. I believe that what God teaches us in His Word is true. And listen, there's some things that I'm going to say tonight that may offend you. You may not like it. But it's truth because it comes from the Word of God. And I want to lay that out up front because of this. In our culture, we've come to this place where, you know what, I don't know the answers to this question. And so we just assume because I don't know the answer, that means there isn't an answer. And since I know that there isn't, since I don't think there is an answer, then we just assume, well, that just can't be right. And what I found was that what I, would use, what I used to do is I used to challenge Christians with, with all of these things that none of the Christians could ever answer for me, you know, and I was like, ha, 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 see? I mean, all this stuff can't be true, I mean, you know, and I would be, what about this, and what about this, and what about this? And the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us, and Peter tells us to, to always be ready to give an answer, to always be ready to give an answer. And we live in the most biblically illiterate generation that has ever lived. Man, our, our, 
We don't know the Word of God. We don't know the Bible. And so you guys go to school, man, and you know your teacher tells you things, your professor tells you things, you have friends asking you questions and telling you things about all kinds of th- stuff, and you're like, well, I don't really know the answer to that, so, so I must be wrong, and, and they must be right. And, and so you have atheist friends and agnostic friends and all these friends from all these other different th- thoughts or whatever. Well, here's the deal. Tonight, I'm going to give you some answers to some of these questions so that you can know how to answer them when those questions come. And you have your piece of paper there, and it's blank, and uh, it's got some of the announcements and stuff which we'll hit at the end. But I want you to take notes, man. If there's any question here that just sticks out that you just want to, man, you want to lock this down, let's lock it down. All right? Now, uh, we're going we're gonna to walk through some of these questions quickly. Some of these questions I'm going to spend a little more time on. And, uh, but I'm just going to answer them for you, and, and, uh, and we're just going to go from there. All right? So, here we go. Uh, let's, uh, let's start out. Uh, first question is this. Can we do the Q&A thing again? Yes, we're doing it tonight. Yes. All right, here we go. All right. Um, question number two. Was Jesus Satan's brother in heaven? Was Jesus Satan's brother in heaven? The answer to the question, the simple answer is no. And this is what you need to know. This is what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that Jesus was God. All right? So Jesus, the Bible tells us Jesus was 100% man and Jesus was 100% God. All right? Jesus had two natures. He was fully man. He was fully God. The Bible tells us in John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Was the Word was what? The word was God, right? And he's talking about Jesus. If you jump down to 1 John chapter 1, verse 14, 13 verses later, it says this. And the word, who was God, became flesh and made his dwelling among men. He's talking about Jesus. He says Jesus was God. In fact, any person reading that first four words of John chapter 1, verse 1, would have automatically thought back to Genesis chapter 1, 1, where the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John chapter 1 tells us that Jesus was there at creation. All right? Also, just some other scriptures, just to throw it out there for you. John 10, 30 says, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. And so it's one God, I and the Father are one, Jesus is God, and so it's important for you to understand that. Uh, Jesus in John chapter 8, verse 58, was just, he, he's talking with some of the Pharisees, and they're asking him questions about Abraham, and Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. I am is the name that God gave himself in Exodus chapter 3, verses 14, when Moses came up on the burning bush, and he says, and God's speaking to him through the burning bush, and Moses says, who is this that, that's speaking to me? And God said, I am. There's, there's some really cool stuff that goes in that, and what that Hebrew word means there, and how it all plays out. It's pretty amazing. It's really cool. We don't have time for it. But anyways, and so, that, that's, so that's the deal. So Jesus is God, and, uh, and here's the deal. Satan was an angel. All of the angels were created by God. Angels are created beings just like humans are created beings. And angels are created by God. Angel means messenger, and they were created in the heavenly realms. They were created sometime during the creation. And so the Bible tells us in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and it was formless and void, and he goes through this whole thing and talks about the spirit hovering over the waters, and then it goes into the days of creation, and God created on the first day, and God created on the second day, and God created on the third day, and we know that during this time of creation is when God created the angels and the, the angels in heaven. 
Now, the Bible tells us in Ezekiel that Satan, or the, or Lucifer, was the most beautiful of all of the angels. There was no angel that was more beautiful, that had more responsibility than Satan. In other words, he was like the general of all the angels. And Satan's in heaven, well, which his name was changed to Satan, but he's in heaven, he's one of the angels, and he saw all the other angels worshiping God, and he felt like he should have the worship that God got. And Isaiah tells us the story that he wanted to be like the most high God. And so God kicked him out of heaven and cast him out of heaven. He was so influential that he took a third of the angels with him. And so Satan was an angel who was created who fell from heaven. Jesus was God who's always existed. So there's, a, there's the deal with that. So was Jesus Satan's brother in heaven? No, Jesus and Satan are not brothers. All right, Jesus is God. God was not created, Satan was. Are there any questions about that question? Skiing on to the next question. Wedding rings, <clears throat> wedding rings symbolize marriage. What can we wear to symbolize our faith? That is a great question. I really like how you worded that question. Whoever asked that question, you great question asker. You asked that question? That is a good question, man. Wedding rings symbolize marriage. What can we wear to symbolize faith? The Bible tells us, clothe yourself in righteousness. Clothe yourself in righteousness. The Bible tells us, put on the full armor of God. We're going to do a series on the armor of God coming up here in about five weeks. But, but what, what, is it, what does it mean? It, it, you know, man, clothe yourselves with the things of God. You want to know what you can wear to, to, to symbolize your faith? Man, the Bible says, wear the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth buckled around your waist, your feet ready with the readiness of the gospel. And he goes through all these different, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. Man, when you're around someone who like, man, they just love Jesus and they just have a relationship with God and you can just tell, man, there's something different about this person. Like when you're around them and, and my friends, they tell me all the time, like, dude, man, you were just weird. Like there's just something different about you. You know, like what, like I just can't put my finger, like what? What is it that's different about you? And I'm like, man, listen, it's because I have Jesus Christ, man. He's changed my life. He's turned my life upside down. I've got joy unspeakable, peace that passes all understanding. I've got all these things because God has changed my life through Jesus Christ. You want to know what symbol that you can put on? The symbol that you can put on is just, man, put on, put on, put on Jesus and represent him wherever you go. That's something that you can do to represent that. Here we go. About to get a little heavy. You ready to get the boxing gloves out? All right. What if someone that is gay believes in Jesus Christ and goes to church? What if someone that is gay believes in Jesus Christ and goes to church? They go to heaven, they, you know, all, the, all, the, all, those, all those different things. There's a lot to this question. Let me say this first. Jesus Christ died on the cross for every sin that was ever committed. And if you put your trust and faith in Jesus, the Bible tells us that he forgives our sin. He washes us clean. Though your sins were as scarlet, he makes them white as snow. And there is not a sin, period, that God cannot forgive. Secondly, I don't like the question because the question says, what if someone that is gay 
believes in Christ assuming that gay is your identity. Like, I don't walk around going, hey, I'm hetero. Hey, guys, I'm hetero. You know, hey, 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 what's up? Hey, man, what are you, what, who are you? Man, oh, I'm hetero. I'm hetero. You know, and like we, we just don't do that. And what happens is, is that in our culture, we've created this sort of subculture that yeah, I identify myself by who I'm attracted to physically. Right? I'm, I, who I'm attracted to physically is who we identify ourselves by. And that's, that's just retarded. So I don't like that question in that term, but I know what you're saying. So this is what I'd say. What if someone that is gay believes in Christ and goes to church? The Bible is clear on this. Romans chapter 1. In fact, if you've got your Bibles, you can open up there to Romans chapter 1. And I'll just read, read this uh, Read this verse to you. And um, we talked about this a little bit last week. He says this in verse 28. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Look at the words he uses shameful. Even the women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned. Look at all the negative terms. Natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts. What kind of acts? Indecent acts with other men. And received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. If you flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we talked about it. It's the sex chapter, and it talks about all these things, and it talks about, man, liars and this and that or whatever, and it says, and men who are with men as men are with, should be with women, um, and it goes to this whole thing, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Here's the question. It says, what if someone is gay, believes in Christ, and goes to church? This is what I would say. If I told you that I was a vegetarian, but I eat chicken and steak every day, would I be a vegetarian? Now, hold on a second, man. I'm a vegetarian. Don't you tell me I'm not a vegetarian because I eat steak and chicken. Right? See, here's the deal. You live what you believe. Look, you can say what you want to say, but actions speak louder than words, right? And so if you say, yeah, man, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, and you're sleeping with your girlfriend almost all the time, and you're, you're, you're going out getting wasted all the time, and you're smoking pot with your friends, you're dropping the F-bomb every other sentence and all this kind of stuff. Dude, let me tell you something. The Bible tells us you will be known by your fruits. You can say you're a Christian because you went to church, because your parents like Jesus, because you respect God, because of whatever. But the Bible tells us that those who claim to know him must walk as Jesus did. If your life doesn't reflect Jesus, you don't know him. You don't know him. This is where the word Christian came from. Christians didn't come up with the word Christian. What happened was, is that during the Bible, tell, and the, the, when the, where, where we see this, this come about, what happens is, is that, that the non-Christians are seeing these people who follow Jesus, and they're seeing them being murdered for their faith, and they're seeing them praying for the people that are murdering them, and they're seeing them telling them and telling them all about the love that Jesus has for them, and, 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 they, and they started calling them, those are the followers of Christ. Those, those people right there act like Jesus, so they called them Christians. If you have a relationship with Jesus, then you have the conviction in your heart about the things that are not of God. You live what you believe. And if you're living in a life that is not consistent or a life that is in willful sin, which by the way, sin means this, because some of you have asked this, 
Sin means to miss the mark. To miss the mark or a transgression against God. Disobedience against God. Going against what God's word says. And so I just want to touch on that. Any questions on that? Anybody got any questions on that? You want to? There's another question kind of about this later on that we'll hit. But any, any questions on that? Want to press it deeper? Nope. Okay. Here we go. Why is there, this is a great question. Why is there so much fighting and arguing inside the Christian religion such as, stop calling me dad. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) Why is there so much fighting and arguing inside the Christian religion such as disagreements over Christian music and Bible translations and all this kind of stuff? Well, all right, hold on a second. All right, well, let let me just, let me just toss this out. Uh, Let me just toss this out. There's, uh, you know, there, there's all these denominations, right? You know, there's, there's, you know, there's Baptists and Wesleyans and Methodists and this and that and blah, 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 and da, 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 da. All right, this is something you got to understand. And let's talk about this. I agree with you. I don't know why there's so much fighting over Christians. I think it's because, like Billy Graham says, he believes that 50% of the people that come to church every week are not Christians. The second part of that is, is like, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you're perfect. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you're not going to ever sin again. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you're not going to hurt your friendship with someone. Doesn't mean that you're not going to make your wife angry with you or your whatever. You know what I'm saying? Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that. And so there is disagreeing in the church. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. All of the Baptist church, Wesleyan church, Methodist church, all this, there's essential truths that all of these churches would stand on. Essential truths. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the only way to God. Jesus is the substitute for your sin. Jesus is coming back to get you so that you can go be with Him. The Bible is the inspired and errant Word of God. All of these, all of these different denominations and all this kind of stuff, they all hold to those truths right there. That Jesus raised from the dead. You go to any, any of those churches, they're going to tell you that. This is, this is essential truth. Now there are some other things that we would say, these are non-essential truths. They're, the Bible is not super clear on this particular thing or that. And so people just kind of argue over whether they think this is true or that's true or whatever. All right? And so that separates, that's what separates the different denominations and stuff like that, all right? And so there's essential truth, there's non-essential, there's non-essential things that we kind of argue over, whatever, um, and, and that's, and that's kind of how it is. And so that's where we see some of the disagreements and some of that kind of stuff amongst, um, you know, different churches, denominations, or whatever. I'll just be honest with you. People say, Derek, what denomination are you? I'm like, follower of Jesus? That's what I am. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not Baptist, but I've worked at a Baptist church. Now, Wesleyan, I've worked at a Wesleyan church. Like, my title is follower of Christ. Like, I don't follow a church. I don't follow a pastor. I follow Jesus. You see what I'm saying? Are there any questions about that? Disagreements? Anything? Man, I must be thorough. I'm just kidding. Uh, Is Mountain Dew considered a drug? (laughs) Nope. I hope not because I like drugs. No, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> that was a good question. Um, this is a good question, man. This is a heavy question. Listen. If a baby or young child dies before they can come to know Christ, do they go to heaven or hell? If a baby or young person dies before they come to know Christ, they go to heaven or hell. Now listen, this is what we would say. We are Christians and we believe this. John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is the only way to God, period. So the answer is, what if a child who is two years old, three years old, one year old, they've never accepted Jesus, and they die, do they go to heaven or do they go to hell? Well, this is what I know. I know that whatever happens, God is good and God is just and I trust him to do the right thing because he knows better than I do, number one. Number two, I believe in what's called the age of accountability. Not everybody believes this, but a lot of people do believe this. I personally believe this. I believe in the age of accountability, which I believe that, um, you know, I don't think that it is a particular age or whatever, but I believe that, that as you, as you uh, for children and stuff like that, until they're at a certain age where they understand that their sin hurts God and separates from their, them from God and that they need a Savior and that kind of stuff, um, I believe that they're held under the age of accountability. And you say, well, where's your biblical reference for that? I'll tell you where my biblical reference is for that. And uh, the Bible tells us in 2 Samuel chapter 11 that David sinned with Bathsheba. And after he sinned with Bathsheba, he committed adultery with her. She was married to this guy named Uriah. David brings Uriah home. He tries to cover up his sin, which is the same thing we try to do with our sins. And he tries to cover it up. And so he's like, hey, Uriah, man, why don't you take a couple weeks off from the battlefield and go spend some time with your wife at home, man, you know, and, you know, go, you know, go hang out with your wife a little bit. And so David thought, yeah, man, he'll go home and he'll spend time with his wife because uh, uh, David had gotten his wife pregnant and he thought this would cover it up if he went and spent time with his wife. But Uriah was so committed to his men that Uriah Uriah goes back out, and he, do, he doesn't go back, uh, back home to his wife. And so David does this like three times. Finally, he realizes that Uriah's not going to go home. And so, you're, so, you, so David sends out to the front lines, and he says, Listen, I want you to take Uriah, put him out on the front lines where the, the fighting is the worst. I want you to pull everyone back so that Uriah would die. And David killed Uriah. And then after that, the Bible tells us in 2 Samuel chapter 12 that, um, that when she had the child... Um, a prophet Nathan came to David and he was talking to David and he basically said to David, um, because of your sins, your, son, your son's going to die. And David was distraught. And David says, after his son dies, he says, he says I will go to be with you in paradise. Now, the translation of that Hebrew word is Heaven. And so literally what he's saying is there in, in this passage of scripture is, is that his baby died and he says, I'm going to go to be with you in heaven. So there's an example from the Bible. Also, Jesus has all the little children coming to him, and he says, if you, anyone has a faith like one of these little children, uh, you know, will certainly not enter the kingdom of God. He's talking about the faith of children and stuff like that. So that's where I believe in the age of accountability. So you ask me, all, the, all babies that are aborted, where do they go? I believe they go to heaven. All, baby, all, all children who die under the age of accountability, which I don't really know what the age of accountability is or whatever, I believe that they personally go to heaven based on my interpretation of Scripture in that particular instance. Any questions on that? Man, you guys. Yes, sir. Yeah, we got a question. <laughs> yeah. 
doesn't matter. doesn't matter. So what if their parents are atheists or this or that or whatever? If they're a child, they're a baby, they're whatever, um, and they're not at an age where they understand their sin, separates them from God, um, doesn't matter. Yes? Doubly the same replies for those who are mentally challenged, mentally retarded, that kind of stuff. Um, I, bl- I, believe it, uh, I believe it could. I, I want to be careful here because um, what I'm saying right now isn't necessarily what I would say. I would die on that truth. That's not essential truth. This is what I would say. I would say God is good. This is what you've got to understand. Let me just tag on this question, which wasn't asked. What about people in Africa or this tribe or whatever, and they never hear about Jesus? Do they go to heaven or do they go to hell? You say Jesus is the only way to God. How could a good God let those people go to hell if they don't know Jesus? Here's the reality. Number one, there's no such thing as a good person. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says there is no one righteous, not even one. That is the condition of every man. For us to say, how can God let good people go to hell? God is never, God will never let a single good person go to hell. Period. And the most evil thing that any man could ever do, the most evil thing that any man could ever do is to look at God and say, God, I am rejecting what your son did for me on the cross by dying and excruciating punishment of death on the cross for my sins. God, I am rejecting you because I want to live my life on my own. The rejection of God is the worst sin that any man can commit. Period. And so here's the reality. The worst thing we could do would be to send missionaries over to those people and tell them about Jesus if they automatically go to heaven because if we send missionaries over there and tell them, then now we make them responsible, right? Here's the reality. The reality is this. That's why it's our responsibility to go tell them because the Bible is clear. There is no other name by which you can be saved except through Jesus Christ. And so it's through Jesus and God is good. God is just. Listen, listen. It is a miracle. This is, this, is, this is grace, receiving something you do not deserve. No one deserves salvation. No one is good. No one deserves the gift of God. Not a single person. You don't, I don't, none of us do. You say, Derek, man, why are you a youth pastor? Why are you a preacher? Why do you want to tell people about Jesus? I want to tell people about Jesus because I realize that I don't deserve salvation, yet God gives it to me anyway, and I want everybody else to know that though you don't deserve it, God offers it to you as a free gift. So he says the penalty of sin is death, the punishment for sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. It is a gift, a free gift. And if you reject that gift, that is on you. That's on you. We serve a good God, man. Listen, for God to allow one person to go to heaven, he is good. Because none of us deserve it. He is a holy, loving, gracious, amazing God. And none of us deserve it. But he opens the door. The Bible also tells us, if you seek me, you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. And I got a pretty cool story about that, actually, um, there's a guy who's in a tribe in Africa, and they, they worshipped a tree in their backyard. And so he would go out, and he would worship this tree in his backyard. And um, after a while, he started thinking, man, we chopped down trees. It's like, there's no way that that tree could be God because I can kill that tree. 
And so he said, you know, I want, God, I want to know who you are. I don't know who you are. I, and so he, he, grabbed, he grabbed like a, a, a sack of like some food and, and a stick, and he just took off through the woods. This is a true story. He took off through the woods, and he was walking for two days. He walks out into this opening, and, and there's this, this thing he's never seen before, and, and, and this, this, this guy that's glowing. It was a white guy. He had never seen a white guy before. And, uh, and he sees this guy, like, glowing. He walks over to the guy, and he's like, are you God? I'm on the search for God. And the, and the guy's like, no, I'm, I'm a missionary. I was driving from this city to this city, and, uh, and, and my car broke down yesterday, and I've just been sitting here on the hood of my car knowing that eventually the city that I was driving to are going to miss me, and they're going to send a search team for me and find me. And, uh, and he said, no, I'm, I'm not God, but I can tell you who, it, who he is. And this missionary told this African man about Jesus and who Jesus was, and this African man ended up giving his life to Christ. This African man then came over to the United States um, and went to Moody Bible Institute, got his degree, and is now a missionary over in Africa. And I've heard this guy speak before. You say, man, that's an awesome story. It is an awesome story. Because the Bible says, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you seek me with all of my heart. The problem is most of us don't want to seek him. We want to seek ourselves. How can I make myself happy? How can I gratify myself? What is in it for me? Here's a man who said, man, I want to seek God. He's in the middle of nowhere. Never heard of Jesus. Never seen a white man before. Never seen a car before. This is a good question. We're getting heavy. I'm telling you, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. This is, this is, this is truth. I heard that Gandhi worshipped all religions. If that is true, would then he worship God... See, if that is true, would then he worshiped God, would he go to heaven? I heard that Gandhi worshiped all religions. If that's true, then, then it, obviously he would have worshiped God. Then would that mean that he goes to heaven? That's a good question, man. You guys, you guys ever seen the, the movie on Gandhi? The little video thing or whatever, you know? I mean, Gandhi was a good dude, man. He stood against violence and, and all that kind of stuff. Let's talk, about, let's talk about religions, for example. Let's talk about religions, for example. And I touched on this a little bit last week with the guys. Listen. This is something that you have to understand. There is, there is, there is something in our culture that, that there is, uh, it's called relativism, pluralism, universalism. All three of those words basically mean this. All religions worship the same God. All religions are worshiping the same God. And so, you know, Islam, they're worshiping the same God. They just worship Him in this way. And Christians, they're worshiping God and they worship Him this way. And Mormons are worshiping God and they're worshiping this way. And, you know, this person in Baha'ism and, you know, and, and Hinduism, and they're, they're all worshiping God and they're all worshiping in all these different ways. It's not true. It's not true. You cannot make mutually exclusive truth statements about something and they both be true you can't you can't say you can't say man Derek your shirt is black white and yellow and you say no your shirt is red and pink and they both be true right you can't say that Jesus is God Jesus is not God and they both be true Listen, Islam does not believe that Jesus is God. Islam does not believe that Jesus died on a cross. 
Islam does not believe that Jesus died for your sins. Islam does not believe that Christians go to heaven. Islam does not believe that Jews go to heaven. In fact, go to foxnews.com right now, and I was telling the guys last week, it's still on there. Uh, Youssef, who's a pastor in Iran, a Christian, just got sentenced to death. To death. Because he became a Christian. In Muslim countries, if you become a Christian, the punishment is death in Islam. Period. In the Quran, it says, slay them wherever you find them. I have a Quran in my office. I've read the Quran. Surah 434 says, if you fear disloyalty from your wife, admonish her, beat her, and refuse to share the bed with her. Here's the reality. The reality is Christianity and Islam are totally different. People burn Bibles all the time. Do I think that those soldiers were wrong for burning Korans in Afghanistan? Absolutely I do, and I think it was a dumb thing to do. But as a result of, a, of burning a couple Korans, in Afghanistan the Muslims have now killed like almost 100 people murdered people because they burned a couple books. Listen, in countries around the world, they burn the Bible all the time. Christians aren't going out with machine guns and mowing people down. There is a vast difference in Islam and Christianity. They both cannot be true. Either one is false and one is true, or they're both false, but they both cannot be true. You cannot make truth claims about two separate things and they both be true. You just can't. Buddhism is atheistic. They don't believe in a God. They don't believe in a heaven. They believe in a state of nirvana that you reach. And so on and so on. And so we say, well, man, Christians are arrogant. They say Jesus is the only way to God. Every single religion in the world believes that they have the only way. Every single one, period. Christians believe we've got the only way to God. Muslims do not believe Christians are going to go to heaven. Not a, in fact, in the Quran, it talks about there's a special place in hell for Christians. we got a special place, guys. If we are wrong and they are right. Every religion claims exclusivity. Every religion. Jews do not, those who, who follow Judaism, they do not believe the Christians are going to go to heaven. They don't. They don't. You say, well, what about Hindus? I mean, Gandhi worshipped all these people, you know, all these different gods. I mean, and he, and he, you know, when he talks about Christianity, listen, what you need to know about Gandhi is this. Gandhi respected Jesus because Jesus was a nonviolent man. And Gandhi had a lot of respect for Jesus. But listen, Gandhi did not believe that Jesus was sinless, which the Bible teaches, and has to be true in order for Jesus to be the perfect sinless sacrifice for our sins. Gandhi did not believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Gandhi did not believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Gandhi did not believe that Jesus raised from the dead, which are essential Christian truths. Gandhi did not believe in the Jesus of the Bible, period. Period. People say, well, Hindus, man, they, 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 they worship all religions. Listen, Hindus say you can worship other religions 
within Hinduism as long as it does not contradict the Hindu scriptures, the Vedas. Buddhism is a rejection of Hinduism. People who say that they're universalist, pluralist, we believe all religions worship the same God, they exclude the people who, who say they got one way to God. Atheists exclude people who believe in God. And so every single thought um, that is out there excludes in their thinking, period. Period. So we're not arrogant for saying that Jesus is the only way to God. The truth of the matter is Jesus is the only way to God. Ten Commandments, the first two of the Ten Commandments, number one is this, to have no other gods before me, and the second is to not worship any graven images, not to worship any idols or whatever. I mean, God is serious all throughout the Bible about anyone worshiping anything but Him because the Bible tells us He is the only true God. All the other ones in the Bible are little G gods. He is big G God. Why is that? It's because they don't exist. They are fake. Let me tell you something. Allah doesn't exist. He doesn't exist. The gods of all the religions in the world outside of, of, of the God, the one true God of the Bible, does not exist. It's like worshiping a unicorn. It's like worshiping this, this stand here. It's like worshiping this thing. Dude, it doesn't matter. I can pray to this thing all day. I can tell you that this thing loves me. I can carry this thing around with me. I can pet it. I can sleep with it. I can do all of that kind of stuff. And I can come in here and tell you, you do not tell me that I'm going to hell because I worship this thing and not your Jesus. It's my preference. It's what I want to do. I can worship whatever. All roads lead to God. No, they don't. I like what David Platt says. He says it this way. I told the guys this last week. David Platt, Dr. David Platt, uh, just a brilliant, brilliant man. He was over in India. He was speaking, and, and he had, uh, and he had uh, a guy who was a, uh, a, um, a, a Hindu, um, a big, big up in the Hindu deal, and he had another guy that was, um, uh, you know, Buddhist, and another guy was Baha'i, and, and they were all just, it was four of them, they were sitting around, they were talking just about, um, about God and, and, uh, and just about theology and stuff, and, and uh, the Hindu guy says, yeah, it's kind of like this. God is, God is like at the top of this mountain. And we're all trying to climb up to the top to get to God. And, and you know, and I, I'm a Hindu, and so I'm climbing up on this side, and, and, and you're, you're Baha'i, and so you're climbing up on that side, so the terrain looks different, and what we think about God looks different, and you're Christian, and you're climbing up that side. But ultimately, when we get to the top, when we get to the top, it's going to be the same. He says, what do you guys think about that? All the other guys are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And David Platt says... Now, that's not true at all. See, here's the difference. The difference is, is that in all of your religions, every religion in the world, it's all about climbing the mountain. It's all about working to get to Jesus or to, or to get to God. It's all about working to get to God. The message of the Bible is, is that God came off of the mountain to come and get us. That's the difference. Every religion in the world believes that you have to work your way to God. If I'm not a good person, if I'm not this, if I'm not that, if I'm not this, if I'm not, i got to do all these things to get to God. The message of Christianity is you can't do anything to deserve the favor of God. God gives it to you as a free gift because of his grace, period. That's pretty, pretty strong right there. It's pretty strong. You do nothing to earn your salvation, period. You don't deserve it. God gives it to us as a gift. 
as a free gift. He comes off the mountain. He steps out of heaven, lives here on the earth, is tempted in every way we are tempted, yet without sin. He goes to the cross. He dies on the cross for you and for me so that we can have eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ, period. No other religion has a concept of that. Moving on, I get fired up about this stuff, man. I talk about this all night. What are we looking like? We're good. Where did God come from? Where did God come from? Uh, God is, yes, sir. Oh, sorry. Backing up? Yeah, all right. Bull back up. Yes, sir. Okay, so you're saying, you're saying since, since, uh, since Judaism, Christianity, and, and Islam believe in the First Testament, then aren't we all worshiping the same God? All right, here's the deal. We don't believe all in the Old Testament. Islam doesn't believe in the Old Testament as, um, they, they would believe in the, some of the prophets and stuff like that, but they don't believe in the Old Testament as the Bible claims it to be. The literature of Islam is the Quran, and then they have these other writings of, of uh, Muhammad, which are the, called the Hadith, uh, or the Hadithic writings, and they're these volumes of writings or whatever. So that's number one. Number two, the difference is, is that the, the, old, the old Testament is called the Old Covenant, all right, it's the Old Testament, it's the Old Covenant. It is, and the New Testament is the New Covenant. We are now under the New Covenant. And so here's the deal. The Old Testament is just half the story. The Old Testament is the prophecies and pointing, God leading his people and pointing all the way through to get to Jesus, right? And so it would be like saying, well, God, I believe in half of what you've done, but I don't believe in the other half of what you've done. The most important thing that you've done through sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. So that's the difference. So, so no. I would say that in Judaism, they would be worshiping, they would be worshiping the God of the Old Testament, and the God of the Old Testament would be saying, hey guys, if you truly want to worship me in spirit and truth, it's through my son Jesus Christ. I told you all through this Old Testament right here about the Messiah that was to come. I told you all about it, and you missed it. Now the Bible also teaches that God's not done with the Jews, God's not done with his people. The Bible tells you... You begin into the book of Revelation, it talks about a remnant that God has set out and all this kind of stuff, and that, you know, he's going to, uh, many of them are going to get saved and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, so that's kind of where that is. Any other questions while we're on that before I drive off? What I'm saying is, is that if you don't, if you don't put your faith in Jesus, you're not going to heaven, Right? So that's what I'm saying. And so what I would say is, is that for someone who is, is, a, is, a, is a Jew, and there's two kind of things. You say, well, are you a Jew nationally? Because there are Jews that are Christians. You know, they're Messianic Jews, and they're, you know, all this kind of stuff, which would say we believe in Jesus. We believe Jesus was the Messiah, that kind of stuff. And, um, and so in those cases, I'll say, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, they put their faith in Jesus. You know what I mean? For those that haven't put their faith in Jesus, I would say, man, you be, you've only believed half the story. You've only read half the story. Yeah. Why don't they believe in Jesus? Well, here's the deal, and, and that's a good question. That was, that was Je Jesus came, the Bible says Jesus came, you know, when Jesus came, Jesus came for the Jews, and they rejected him, and so, you know, salvation came to everyone. But we also believe that God is omniscient, God's all-knowing, and so God's plan from the beginning was for salvation to come to everyone. And when Jesus steps on the scene, he says, I come to seek and save that which was lost, right? And so, um, and so what I would say is, is that, give me your question again so I can... Jesus are God's chosen people, right. 
The Jews were God's chosen people. The Israelite, well, Israelites were God's chosen people that he chose to use for the line in which his son was to come from. See what I'm saying? The entire Old Testament, you know, the whole God's chosen people and the Israelites and all this kind of stuff, and it was going to come through the seed of David and through the line of Judah and through, you know, through Jacob, through Israel, and the whole line that was going to come down. And when he tells Abraham, I'm going to make a great nation out of you, all that, all of that is pointing in the direction to the one who is to come, Jesus, right? And so, uh, and so yeah, there are over 400 prophecies in the Old Testament that speak of Jesus before Jesus even gets here. Yes, sir. I think we got some of that on here. So let's hold tight. I'll just answer it. What about Catholicism? <laughs> uh, some people just walk around, they're like, man, I'm Catholic. Yeah, I'm just Catholic. I was born in Catholic Church, got baptized in Catholic Church. I'm good, I'm good, I'm going to heaven, whatever, blah, 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 blah. This is what I say. I believe there's Catholic Christians, and I believe there's Catholic, Catholic un-Christian, non-Christians. Um, and what I mean by that is this, is that um, if you say, I am, I am a Christian because I was baptized in the Catholic Church, I've taken Mass, I've went to confessional, um, then I would say, you're probably not a Christian. If you say, I'm a Christian because I put my trust and faith in Jesus Christ and I trust in Him alone for the salvation and forgiveness of my sins, then I would say, you're a Christian. See what I'm saying? And I don't want to get too much into that kind of stuff because I can talk, I mean, my wife knows how long-winded I am. I can talk about that stuff all day. Where did God come from? God is without beginning or end. He is eternal. He is infinite. The Bible says that he has always existed, even from everlasting to everlasting. Thou art God, Psalms 90 verse 2 says. And, uh, and your throne is established uh, from, from the old, thou, uh, from everlasting, uh, Psalm 93 Two, and uh, quite simply, God has no beginning and no end. So where did God come from? He didn't come from anything. He didn't come from anything. He always was. God has always been. And that's difficult for us to understand because we live in space and time. Because God created space and time at creation. But there is no, there is no space and time with God. Any question about that? No? All right, here we go. Is it bad to marry someone just for sex? Well, first off, if you marry just for sex, you're going to be disappointed. And secondly, sex is a part of marriage, but it is not the reason of marriage. Although, because it is a part of marriage, the Bible tells us, you know, if you're in a relationship and that kind of stuff, and, you know, and you're tempted and all blah, 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 go down that whole road, it says, hey, man, get married. You know, get married and enjoy the fruits of marriage and marriage and da-da-da and kill-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da
getting hot in here. Uh, after a certain age, after a certain age, is it okay to not listen to your parents? <laughs> after a certain age, is it okay for you not to listen to your parents? The Bible says, Ephesians chapter 6, honor and obey your parents is the first commandment with a promise that you would have a long life. And basically what he's saying is, look, man, the only commandment in the Bible that, that gives you a promise, the first one that gives you a promise that says you're going to live a long time is to obey your parents. This is what I would say. Uh, number one, there's no limitation on that. It doesn't say obey your parents until you're an adult or until you're this or until you're that or blah, blah, blah. And so I do think that um, there, is a, there is always this level of honoring your parents, period. As far as obeying your parents go, yes, you should obey your parents, but your parents cannot step in on you in the things that God has called you to do. So let me give you an example, right? God has, God has given you the authority to raise your children. God has given you that authority. And so if your parent is telling you how to raise your children, your parent is out of line because God did not give your parent the authority to give you that. Does that make sense? Kind of a little switcheroo there. But so yeah, you should always honor your parent, period, and you know, obey your parents to, a, you know, to, to that thing. Another thing is this, man. What happens if your parent tells you to walk into a store and steal something? So, so obey my parent, right? Listen, you are to obey your parent because they are the authority over you until your parent asks you to do something that they don't have the authority to ask you to do. You're to obey your parent until they ask you to do something that is outside what God would have you do. God's authority is above your parents' authority. And when your parents try to tell you to do something that is above God's authority, you disobey your parent. You honor God first. What do you guys believe about evolution? 817. <laughs> what do you guys believe about evolution? Where I, I lost the question. There's so much evidence supporting it, I really don't know what to believe. Well, every time I hear that question, my response to that is always, what's the evidence? Because you know, right, you know this, that there is not a single transitional fossil that has ever been found anywhere. Like we have fish, we have, we have frogs, we have goats, we have cows, we have dolphins, but we don't have fish frogs and donkey goats. You know what I'm saying? There's not one, not a single transitional fossil anywhere, anywhere. Also, if evolution was fact, it would not be called the evolutionary theory. If it was proven to be true, it wouldn't be called a theory. Also, there are laws to a theory which have to be able, you, you, there's experiments that have to be able to happen that fall under the scientific method in order for it to even be called a theory. So the fact of the matter is evolution is not even a theory. Evolution is an idea. So it is the evolutionary idea. That's first. Secondly, evolution cannot account for where did things begin, period. And so where did the big, you know, we, we had the big bang and it was this big ball of stuff. Where did the big ball of stuff come from? There's tons of little things all in that that are just, just it's just riddled with problems all through that. 
and uh, woven all in that. And um, let me get four volunteers, you four dudes right there. Come up here. Come here. All right. You, this is what I want you to do. I want you to do this right here. All right. Now, not, not, don't put your butt too close to his head. Casey, yeah, you, Casey, yeah. there you go. That's, that's perfect. That's perfect. No, 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 you're not the human. You're almost the human. And you're the, we got the human right here. It's a good-looking human right there. All right. Evolution says this. So what evolution says. Evolution says this. Evolution says that the guy who stood up more upright was able to reach more food, therefore he was able to eat more food, and because he was able to eat more food, he was stronger, and because he was stronger, he was able to beat up all the other, all the other guys that were this size, and so because of that, he was able to breed all the females, and so eventually, uh, as over time and through adaptations and mutations over time, eventually we get to man, all right? And so this is what, so this is what, this is what we know. This guy is more fit than this guy, this guy is more fit than this guy, and this guy is more fit than this guy. Now here's my question. You two guys go sit down. How come we still have this guy, and we have this guy, but we don't have these two guys, and these two guys are more fit than that guy? Because we're not evolved. All right, you can sit down. You can sit down. Also, that's four minutes. That's pretty good. Also, man, I just love this stuff. Also, let's talk about, let's talk about fossils for a minute. The Grand Canyon. I was told when I was in school, if you go to the Grand Canyon, you take the, the layers from top to bottom, and you peel the layers up top to bottom, and each layer are fossil layers, and what the layer that's on top is older than the layer that's below it, that's older than the layer that's below it, and older, older than the layer that's below it, and over uh, potentially the last 3.5 billion years that this earth has been here, that those layers have been built and gone as the Colorado River has run through the valley and has cut this massive you know, canyon out of, of, of blah, 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 and da, 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 and, uh, and this is, this is, this is uh, how we know that the world is old because we have all these fossil layers. And then, the volcano Mount St. Helens erupts. And as Mount St. Helens erupts, the ash and lava, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, pours into this massive lake that is down at the bottom of Mount St. Helens. And what's cool about this is, I watched a documentary on the eruption of Mount St. Helens and 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 when you look when you kind of read about it and, and I mean they, they were interviewing these like like eighty year old men that were like that lived on the lake up there and they're like, Man, we don't care if we die, we're we're gonna stay up here and they, they actually died and it's kinda crazy. They interviewed them right before it erupted because they told these people it was gonna erupt. So so it erupts and and all this ash and all this lava pours into the lake. All right, let me ask you guys a question. What happens if you have a glass of water and you start putting stuff in it? The water starts overflowing, right? You guys are so smart. And so what happened was is that when all this lava, all this ash, all this rock starts pouring into the lake at the base of Mount St. Helens, you guys can look this up when you get home if you think I'm pulling your leg. As it all goes into the water, what happens is the water rises in this massive lake. And this is what happened. 
Because of it, the water pushed with so much force out the side of this lake at such, such speeds outside of this lake that it basically wiped out all the trees, all the animals, everything that was in its path. This water, this wall of water, ash, soot, all this stuff wiped out this and, they would, and it covered it up and all this kind of stuff. Listen, in nine and a half hours, it cut the mini Grand Canyon that they call it today. Go look at pictures of the mini Grand Canyon. It is massive. You know what's cool about it? It was cut in nine and a half hours, some 30 years ago. There are fossil layers from top to bottom. As the soot and ash would cover animals and plants, and then another layer, and then another layer, and it hardened in there in nine and a half hours. What do I believe about evolution? I think it is a lie from Satan. And I think that men throughout history have taken things that Darwin wouldn't even have believed and have it, taken it way too far. Darwin even said himself, if a cell was any more complex than what he believed a cell to be in his day, that his theory would fall apart. We now know that a cell is more advanced than any, than any major computer that we have anywhere on the planet. During his day, they believed that an atom was the smallest particles. We now know that there are subatomic particles and there are even subatomic, subatomic particles that are even smaller than that that we have found because of our technology today. And so the bottom line is, Evolution is just not true. It's false. Period. And there's no evidence for it. And the Bible says that God created man and woman. I don't believe that, that we were created and evolution took over time and all this kind of stuff. And people say, well, what about, what about the age of rocks? It takes, you don't understand, Derek, it takes 40 million years for a rock to form and be that big. Let me ask you a question. When God created the earth and he created mountains and he created rocks and he created trees, let me, let's just take trees. When God created a tree, did he create a, a little sapling or did he create a tree? He created a tree, right? How do you know how old a tree is? Count the rings, right? You guys are smart, man. You can't get anything. Count the rings, right? So let me ask you a question. When God created a tree on that first day, and there was this massive tree up there, if you went with a chainsaw and you cut it down, how many rings would it have had in it? One? Probably not. Probably had rings all the way through it. Why? Because God created things with age. When God created man, did he create a man or a baby? How old was he? You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Nobody knows. But he created him with age. God created this earth with age. And so you say, man, that rock, it takes 40 million years to form a rock like that. Well, bro, it would take 40 million years unless God says, hey, rock, go right there. People say, oh, yeah, 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 but the days, you don't understand. Days in the Hebrew and the, the Genesis says, you know, days in Hebrew say, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it could be you know, a period of time. Yeah, it could be a period of time except for at the end of day one it says, and then it was morning and evening on the first day. Day could mean a period of time, but let me tell you something. God is God, and if God wanted to create everything in one day or one second or one minute or whatever, God could have done it. He didn't need six days to create it. But he chose to because he's God. Yeah. Dinosaurs. Hey! 
One of my favorite quotes. I know. Still in y'all, man. Keeping y'all ready. Woo. All right. Uh, dude, listen. Dinosaurs existed, and I think the Bible talks about them. It does. Job talks about them, which most scholars believe Job is the, uh, the, the earliest book of the Bible that was written. Um, and, uh, but Job, Job talks about them. And, um, and there are other places. They talk about the Nephilim, and they talk about, you know, these, you know it talks about this massive, um, you know, this massive thing that breathes, you know, breathes fire, almost like a dragon type, th- type thing or whatever. And so I believe, I believe in dinosaurs, and I believe dinosaurs walked on this earth, and I believe that they were, uh, I believe they were killed through the flood. And uh, you say, well, I thought, I thought, uh, I thought that, um, that uh, Noah was supposed to take two of every animal on the boat and uh, seven of every clean animal, two, two of every other animal. Why didn't he take the dinosaurs on the boat? I don't know, and I'm not getting like, I'm, this is not theological, this is more scientific, but uh, uh, what two things never stop growing from the time that they're born until they die? Do y'all know? Reptiles and fish. We know that before Noah's Ark, man, there were people that lived hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. They, the, the scholars believe that before the flood, because it had never rained before, that kind of stuff, the oxygen was extremely rich in the air and stuff like that. And so people live longer, things live longer, that kind of stuff, before God put the judgment of the flood on the earth. And, uh, dude, can you imagine a reptile that never stopped growing from, uh, for, you know, six, seven, eight hundred years? Well, I mean, who knows how it, how it could be. I, believe, I, I honestly believe in dinosaurs and all that kind of stuff, and I believe they died in the flood. And I believe that Noah took some, took some lizards on his boat with him. And he took some, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. In fact, God, this is good. North Carolina State University professor, archaeologist, discovered a Tyrannosaurus Rex femur bone, listen, that still had a blood vessel in it. You say, is that significant? Yes, that's significant. What's that? Jurassic Park. And uh, anyways, she, she found a femur bone. I don't know what he's saying. And, uh, but she found a femur bone that has a, that has a, uh, a, um, a blood vessel in it. And uh, you can look it up online, do some research. And, uh, and the cool thing about it is, is because, you know, when, when dinosaurs are said to be here based on the evolutionary theory and all this kind of stuff, um, they're like, man, it, you know, it just, there's no way a blood vessel can last that long or any of that kind of stuff or to have blood in it and all this. And they got DNA off of it. And it was like this really, like, huge discovery and everybody's flipping out about, sorry, letting the nerd, the nerd dinosaur of me coming out. Yeah. Well, this is what I would say. What I would say is, is that we believe, we believe in Jesus. I mean, I say I believe in Jesus, but it's by faith. You know what I'm saying? We say, we say it's by faith. What I, all I'm saying is, is that I'm saying that uh, evolutionary theory, I mean, to say evolution is, you know, I'm just saying evolution doesn't hold up. Like, there's guys out there that's like, oh, it's evolution. We're from monkeys. We're from monkeys. And they are confident in believing that, and there's no, ev- there's no evidence. The evidence is not there. I can give you evidence for the Bible. I can give you archaeology evidence for the Bible. I can give you evidence for the text of Scripture. I can give you evidence for that kind of stuff. I can show you that, right? But you can't show me, you can't show me 
fossils and things like that that, that show across the lines or whatever. And there are other things as well. All right, moving on. Yell. What's she saying? Galapagos Islands, Darwin. This is how it's not evidence. This is what evolution means. Evolution means a change from one species to another species. Monkey to human. Fish to squirrel. Whatever. Right? That's what it means. Listen, this is important. Darwin did not observe evolution. Darwin observed adaptation. And this is what he observed. This is important. This is what he observed. He said this. The finches. He's like, we see some finches that have shorter beaks and some finches that have longer beaks. Listen, they are still finches. People say, oh yeah, evolution's got to be true. Man, back in the 1920s, there were only about eight different breeds of dogs. Now there are like 8,000 breeds of dogs. You know what I mean? Up evolution. No, they're still dogs. They weren't dogs in the 1920s and now they are cows. They are cow dogs, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? And so, 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 that's, so that's what it is. They notice things about lizards. Like, you know, certain, so it, it, this is what it is. Survival of the fittest is something that we can observe. And we say, you know what? If you go to Africa right now, the biggest, baddest, meanest, toughest lion gets all the females. He spreads his genes, right? When another big, bad, tough lion comes in and he takes that dude out, then he spreads his genes, Right? But at the end of the day, as far as DNA goes and all that kind of stuff, he's still a lion. You know what I mean? And so that's the importance. And actually, there's a website called karm.org. All you guys should get on it. Go read it if you want to explore more about Christianity. You want to explore about, you want to explore about other religions. You want to explore about evolution and, uh, and that kind of stuff. And there's actually a... What? what? Yeah, y'all need to write this down. Y'all just need to go, go explore this tonight. This is y'all's homework. Karm... Org. It's called Christian Apologetics and Research Ministry. Hey, and go on there and read, and read, um, there's a whole article, there's a whole article on um, genetics and how mutations and stuff like that happen. If you're like a big nerd like me, like you will love it. It's really good stuff. <coughs> it talks about the probability, of the pro- it goes through probability and all that stuff. Karm.org, C-A-R-M, Christian Apologetics and Research Ministry.org. It's really good. Solid stuff. All right, well, listen, I want to give you guys a chance to, uh, to go to your, to your small groups this morning. But I'm going to have, I'm going to have, uh, gonna have our, uh, our, 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 we're going to have, you're gonna, we're going to shorten your time a little bit because I want the band to come up and just kind of lead us out. And uh, as the band's coming up, I want us just to spend a moment, just a moment, if you guys wouldn't mind, shh. We have, uh, we have like 320 students this weekend that are going to be here. We got a service tomorrow night. We got a service Saturday night. We're going to be serving all over the city of teenagers all over the city um, and uh, with, uh, with collision this weekend. And I'm really excited about it. And this is what I want to do. I just want us to have a, a quick time of prayer. So this is what I want everybody to do. I want everybody just to kind of join with me in prayer. So you just pray to yourself. You can pray out loud, whatever. Pray with me as I pray. And then the band's going to lead us in a closing song. We're going to break out to our small groups. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for our time together tonight. God, I just pray that you would sift through uh, what is truth and what is untruth. 
God, I know that so many people have so many questions about so many different things, and it's so easy sometimes when we come across questions and things that we don't know the answers to, it doesn't mean that there isn't an answer to those questions. And God, I just ask that you would be with us, that you would meet with us, that you would draw us close. God, I pray that you would, um, you would be with Collision this weekend. As the theme of it is where the inside meets the outside. God, you have called us not just to hold our faith to ourselves, but Lord, just to spread it, to share it, to, to break it out, to, to, to share it with everyone around us, to serve those around us, Lord. And, and God, if, if people don't see the faith that is in us, through our actions that are coming out of us, Lord, then do we really have that faith? God, I just ask that you would be with us tonight as we go from here, as we go into our small groups, as we worship you, Lord, that, that we would just have a, a heart to worship and a heart to, to seek you and to share that love. In Jesus' name, amen.